in certain games, if you're really playing at your best and like your highest like possible level, then like you are the one that's dictating the game. You're the one that's in control. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Aww, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon. This is the show 100% dedicated to the best position in sports, that, of course, is the lacrosse goalie. And on this job, on this job, on this show, my job is very simple. I just track down the best goalies, best coaches in our sport, interview them, hear their stories, learn from their mindsets, really just pick out, tease out anything that you can use in your own lacrosse goalie game. Hopefully you learn a thing or two from each goalie I interview. I know I certainly do. My guest on the show this week, none other than Hofstra starting goalie, Mac Gates. Hofstra is, of course, on Long Island, a hotbed of lacrosse. And so where do they go to get their starting goalie? San Francisco, California. That's where Mac Gates is from. Coming out of SI, St. Ignatius Prep. I'm, of course, from the Bay Area, so I've got a lot of friends that went to SI. I know the school very well. It was an awesome interview to understand where Mac came from. Bay Area lacrosse player ending up on Long Island, but also coached uh, by the Goalie Smith brothers, uh, or, or Andrew in particular, who spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. Um, and so we talk about that quite a bit. Hopefully you learn a thing or two from this episode. Awesome, awesome young man. Please enjoy this conversation with Mac Gates. Before we get to this episode, a quick word from the sponsor, and that is a live coaching session I'm putting on this Thursday. So listen, I watch a lot of lacrosse, like seriously, a lot of lacrosse. And as I watch the goalies play, there's this trend I've seen the best goalies in our sport do over and over. And it's actually a technique that can give us lacrosse goalies better balance, faster feet, more athletic save movements, better visibility of the ball. So if any of those sound good, I want to invite you to a live coaching session this Thursday night. So it's going to be Thursday, May 12th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. And I'm going to be coaching a technique that Coach John Galloway calls the hop. The hop. I've got these insane slow motion, high def videos. We're going to go through it in depth, what you can learn, what you can benefit how you can use it, how you can make more saves. So I hope to see you there Thursday night. You can sign up at site.laxgullyrat.com slash hop, or there's going to be a link down below in the show notes of wherever you're watching this, okay? Hope to see you there Thursday night, May 12th. Even if you can't attend live, sign up because a replay will be available. Let's get to the show. Awesome. It's a pleasure. Welcome to the podcast, Starting Goalie, Hofstra University. It's Matt Gates. Mac, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait to uh, chat lacrosse goalie with you. But uh, to start out, I'd love to hear the story of your very first time in goal. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, it was back uh, at a lacrosse camp. It used to be called Little Incredibles with uh, All West Lacrosse and Matt Oglesby. Um, 
my team's goalie was like fed up. I'm pretty sure he quit that uh, tournament. So they kind of just asked if anyone wanted to throw on the pads and get the goal. And I said, absolutely. That's it. That's it. What was yeah. it about? What and was then, it about the position that attracted you? Um, honestly, it started with just kind of a team need, like back in my younger club days, like no one ever really fully committed to doing it. And I tried it a couple of times, loved it. Um, just yeah. What, um, what do you think that, what do you think you love the most? I mean, now that you have like a lot of years of lacrosse goal experience under your belt, what is it about, you know, this position that that's your favorite part? Um, I mean, I, I think it's just kind of the, all eyes are on you and that's obviously a bad thing at times, but like, or not a bad thing, but a nerve wracking thing at times. But I kind of love that in certain games, if you're really playing at your best and like your highest like possible level, then like you are the one that's dictating the game. You're the one that's in control. Totally. Yeah. Like you have the spotlight yeah. and like you said, that could be, that could be good or bad. Like it's great. Um, if you're playing well, <laughs> yeah. right. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you're not, if you're in a slump or, or you're just not seeing the ball very well, you still got that spotlight. Uh, yeah. But unfortunately, like it's shining on you in a bad way. Um, but I'm like you, I love that spotlight. I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, I, I love yeah. to be the focal point. So, well, cool. So you grew up in the Bay area, which is not, you know, not necessarily, a hotbed of lacrosse it's starting to grow as a very like it's starting to really grow uh but i'm sure you know hang on hang on a second <laughs> dogs dogs are going nuts um i'm sure when you were growing up it probably wasn't you know there wasn't as many kids going d1 coming out of the bay area uh talk to me a little bit about lacrosse in the bay area if you could uh yeah so i mean when i was growing up my uh dad played in college, nothing major, a little bit of club here and there. Um, so I knew about the sport from like a super young age. And um, actually where I went to elementary school, it was a similar situation. I went to a smaller private school in the city. Um, and it was really the only, aside from one other school, only place in the Bay Area at the time that had like a team through the school. Mm -hmm. And there were like a few guys like to name a couple like Rob Emery went to Virginia, Matt Emery um, and just a couple other guys like that who were kind of like the initial trailblazers that come to my mind, at least when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I mean, when I was first starting, no one really knew about it or especially knew that there wasn't or like, especially people on the East Coast didn't ever think that like there was anything going on in California, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it was pretty. I mean, everyone loved it though once they started playing. Um, sure. You know, growing up, it wasn't like a huge focal point necessarily. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see. It's cool to see it grow. I mean, I I grew up in uh, in Santa Rosa, like an hour north of the city, and even like up there sure. now, like clubs and and high schools have teams and it's just awesome to see uh the growth of the sport um what what sports did you did you grow up playing besides besides lacrosse um so i mean when i was really little like played kind of all of them like most little kids do but then um 
really soccer, basketball, and lacrosse were like the main three that I played the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I got to high school, soccer was a winter sport where I went. And then if we made the playoffs, it would cut into the beginning of lacrosse season. So in high school, I had to cut it down to only lacrosse. But yeah, got yeah. to pick the priorities at that point, huh? Exactly. Exactly. It probably is like the time a lot of kids ask me, you know, when should I start specializing uh, in, at one in, in, in a sport in lacrosse or like two, when should I start specializing as a goalie? Um, how do you answer that second question? What do you think? Because I imagine when you first started, you know, you played a little bit of field as well, right? Yeah. So I initially played um, like midfield. And then, I mean, for me, I kind of just switched and went all in and played right away. Um, but I don't know. When it, I mean, when it comes to specializing in goal, I think it's kind of important in just like, if you want to ultimately be a goalie, it's, I feel like you kind of just need to do it. I've been seeing a couple of just through coaching a number of different kids who want to play goalie for a little bit and then switch to field for the end of practice. And that's obviously when you're younger is fine. But I think once you hit, um, I'd say probably like middle school, definitely like sixth grade, seventh grade, if you're not already specialized, then I would definitely flip it if you really are serious about wanting to be a goalie. Yeah. There is um, really something to be said about going all in. Like, like you said, I, I love that. I, um, you know, I'll tell you a quick story. So I like stopped working for this one company and then I was kind of trying to figure out like, what, what am I going to do? And I always wanted to do lax goalie rat like full time, but I was also like doing some other web development projects and working on some other things. And I'm like, you know what? No, like I'm going all in on lax goalie rat. And it's just this like mental mindset of like, I am the goalie, right? Like you go mm-hmm. all in on goalie and now you start, you start thinking and training and acting a little bit different. So I really like that, um, that idea of going all in, like you said, but like you, and also, like you said, you got, you got to develop a few f- skills, a few stick skills, a few knowledge of the game first. So not, not too young. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about, you know, as that young kid, how did you go about, uh, learning how to make saves? Um, so, I mean, I would say like, so I started playing, my first full season in goal was in fourth grade. And I would say that that first year, I kind of went into it without really any real instruction. It was still a parent, some random dad who played in college shooting on me before the game and then just kind of going in and reacting and like hoping it didn't go in. Um, But then I would say the summer after that, I started going to some camps uh, just through like all West in advance. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I didn't really have super formal, like one-on-one goalie coaching until, um, I met Andrew Gavazdin, um, probably when I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, starting out, it was really just kind of a reactionary. I had two older brothers who played in lacrosse uh in college so i mean they always like joke that it's like the typical situation where they threw me in the net and (laughs) they're they're the ones that taught me how to play 
So, I mean, maybe I can give him a little bit of credit. Yeah. Throw him, throw him one bone, throw him one bone, right? (laughs) Yeah. That is a common story of like being the younger sibling and the older siblings like, Hey, getting going. I need need somebody to shoot on. Uh, So that's awesome. So you said your sophomore year of high school uh, at St. Ignatius in in the city, you you meet Andrew Gavazdin. Uh, And to me, like the goalie Smith guys, like hands down the best, best coaches out there. I mean, you look at like, you look at like, you know, who they've trained and it's just like all of the D one goalies right now, you know, are like, uh, have gone through goalie Smith. Um, Talk to me a little bit about working with Andrew and and specifically what you learned uh, from him. I mean, Andrew, Andrew and I have formed a pretty tight relationship, I would say. I mean, especially with me going to Hofstra um, where he played, but um, I don't know. Working out with him is just so different because he um, he really fully gets it. Like every single thing you could possibly be going through as a goalie, like mentally, like I'll call him if I'm feeling like I can't say a beach ball and he'll have tips for me. Um, and I think ultimately he just gets so fired up to coach every single time. Like even when it's a one-on-one, and we're only going for like 30 minutes. He's like blasting the speaker and super high energy. Um, and I just think he understands better than a lot of goalie coaches. Cause I think a common thing that can happen is you run into coaches who think there's one right way to play goalie. And I don't think I, the Gavazdans and the goalie Smith guys do that. I think they'll give you tips on like basic things you should keep in mind, but then ultimately work with you within the style of goalie that you are mm-hmm. instead of trying to completely switch how kids are playing instinctually. Um, and I think that's really important. I do too. I do too. hundred percent agree with that. hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. You pick, you pick little elements that work from you uh, for your style and kind of form your own style. Right. Um, yeah. You know, and, and some of the things that, I talk to these goalies about like, I would love to do, I would love to play a real wide base, uh, but I'm five, eight. Like I can't, I yeah. can't do that. I can't do that. <laughs> like just doesn't work. So anyway, nah. yeah. Um, but anyway, going back to Andrew um, at Gavazdin. Uh, yeah. So he uh, also went to Hofstra, graduated from Hofstra. Did you got, did he, well, I mean, how, how did Hofstra come into the, into the mix for you? Was that purely your idea? Or is that something you guys, you guys talked about? Um. It was some. It was something we talked about um, a little bit, um, and I know he reached out for me a number of different times. Um, but we also, I got the chance to play out here. My um, junior high school, we were out here to play Garden City and Chaminade, and we played Garden City here um, under the lights. And so, one of the assistant coaches at the time here was watching the game, um, and that's what kind of fully started an actual line of communication, but Andrew definitely mm-hmm. helped get the foot in the door. And I had a assistant at SI, uh, Ryan Carter, who also went here. So mm-hmm. I had two just kind of pretty close connections with Hofstra. How was that game? How are those, are those couple of games? You know, your, your, your West Coast, West Coast team traveling all the way out to the East Coast. You got to know there's going to be some college coaches, some scouts looking at that game, a lot of kids um, who have that type of 
big game experience. What I mean, it could just be a tryout, but but a big game experience, get a little nervous, right? And they, and they don't play as well. I'm curious how that experience was for you and how you went about handling those nerves. Yeah, so I mean, that's like for us at St. Ignatius, and now I mean, they're now the talent out there is much more well distributed in like our in league games or like closely competitive. But my like freshman sophomore year, we were really preparing for those East Coast games the whole year. Like that was kind of our like Super Bowl. Like we were going to go out there and yeah. we knew that like these schools, like my freshman year, we played Landon and Gonzaga. And we knew that like all these schools were like, there's no way that these guys can beat us. So, I mean, obviously there were a lot of nerves, but I think it was just a really exciting experience to get to have the opportunity to travel with my high school to these traditionally super hotbed areas and take down some pretty big teams. Um, and yeah, I mean, that was, that was always great. I mean, those, the one of the lights here against garden city was probably one of my favorite games in high school, just because, I mean, our stadium's pretty sweet <laughs> and I mean, getting to play in a place like that in high school um, was pretty incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. And you guys won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we beat Garden City. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, and, and under the lights, I mean, come on. I, I remember Friday night games under the lights we, we, uh, at Cal where I played. And, man, they were just yeah. – I mean, they were just so much fun. They were just so awesome. So. Um, cool. So um, were there other schools that, that you then ended up looking at or, you know, it was kind of, kind of like Hofstra, you know, Hofstra was, was the main choice? Um, I mean, for me, the, the recruiting process was very long and was, and I was not getting a bunch of attention at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I was looking at like a couple other places and like had some line of communication with like, like a little bit with like Richmond, like, um, a little bit with high point, but it was never really like a serious line of communication. Um, and it was going into my senior year and I know that sounds crazy saying that that's so late but it's it's just the way I mean the way that it was is I go back to my first tournament freshman summer and I hear all these kids talking about where they're committing I think they're joking because I'm 15 years old I'm all the way out there in California I didn't really think it was going to be like that so I came out here and just kind of immediately got this rude awakening where I felt I like I was like completely behind um but then the end of my junior season, I kind of was starting to think like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I won't get an offer. Maybe I'll go somewhere else or like just go to a normal school, play club. I mean, like you said at Berkeley, I mean, there's tons of incredible club programs. Right. Um, but then, so I was like, all right, I'll send one last big round of emails to like, and I sent a blast email to like, I want to say like 30 different schools and was just like, let's open a line of communication or like, and just like, I'd love to have the opportunity. Um, and then Hofstra responded and I spoke a few more times with uh, coach Brazel and coach Tierney. Um, and then it happened. I mean, uh, like June 
after my junior year. Love but it. yeah, so I mean, very, very long process. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what advice would you give kids now that you've gone through that process? What advice would you give kids if, if they're if they're going through that themselves? Um, I mean, I don't feel like you're like bothering the coaches or like somehow being a nuisance if you send emails or try to make phone calls. I mean, you don't want to call a coach or email a coach five times a day, but sending emails, trying to communicate, even if you're not necessarily hearing anything back, I think it's just all about being like completely persistent. I mean, I would send an email, wait like week, week and a half, two weeks, and then send another email. And like, just kind of keep that cycle going. So just be persistent. Yeah, that's really good advice. Yeah. Really good advice. Yeah. yeah, don't don't give up. Don't give up. I mean, until they tell you it's yeah. a no, like it, it's not. It's not a no, right? Yeah. So yeah. D- don't give up. Be persistent. Keep sending them tape. Put the best saves first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that so that so you, so you hook them. Uh, anyway, all right. That's good stuff. Good stuff. So you show up at at, at Hofstra, um, you know, as as a freshman, and I'm always curious, like leaders, uh, lacrosse goalies, the best ones I know are leaders of the team. Right. And it's always so hard when you're with like a new group of guys. Uh, one, do you consider yourself, you know, are you, are you kind of a team leader type of personality? And then two, like, if you are like, how'd you go about sort of building up that, those skills? Um, I mean, this being my first year starting, um, I would say, that I am a leader on the team, but not necessarily in the traditional way that you would like think of a leader. I mean, like you think a leader, you think of a big, loud pregame speech. You think of lots of like talking, like leading with your voice and doing all that. And I at least hope what I'm giving off is just kind of more like leading by doing more Mm -hmm. because like for me personally if I start yelling or start like getting all amped up fired up I bring myself out of like where I feel like comfortable and ready to go so like if I'm Mm -hmm. yelling in a pregame speech like it almost makes it too big of a thing for me like I'm a big believer in it's a lacrosse game play lacrosse and like just keeping it that simple because it's already a stressful situation. I mean, so I think I've tried a lot this year, especially with, we have a young group of guys um, after graduating a lot of seniors. I think what I've been trying to do most is just remind everybody that even if you haven't gotten to play like in college yet, it doesn't mean that you've somehow completely forgotten how to play lacrosse. Like we've all been playing lacrosse our whole lives and just like to kind of, stay calm is what I've been trying to put on to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Lead by example, lead by example. Yeah. yeah and there's, you know, there's some goalies or, or people on the team that are those like rah, rah type of people and some are not, and you could be a leader having that or not having that. So a lot, a lot of different ways, like we talked about earlier, a lot of different ways to play the position, but also a lot of different ways to be a leader, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of different ways to play the position, 
Um, I mean, how would you describe kind of your, your style? What, you know, who, um, who are some goalies that you learned from, you know, what are, what are some things that are real, like, you know, the Mac Gates style, which you're crushing it, um, by, the, you're crushing it by the way. I'll, I'll, every time I look at Instagram, it's like a new, new outstanding Mac Gates save. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I would say, I would say starting out, it was like uh, Matt Russell with like I'd see him with the LXM Pro Tour um and like he coached me to a couple camps um so when I was younger I would play like all the way out on like the top of the crease and like completely like stepping forward and like only going like straight at the ball yeah um and it worked really well for like all the middle school and all that but then I mean once and that's what the goalie Smith guys helped me a lot with once they start coming faster and you have less time to react when you're all the way out like that. Um, and you're not stepping side to side, it can make it a lot more difficult to save the ball. So I, I would say I still like, and I have a lot of tendencies still to explode forward um, just because I want to try to be explosive, but I have tried to play a little bit of a flatter arc with more stepping uh like side to side to like a 45 instead of stepping like out um but yeah yeah that's awesome um the one of the games in the in the long island cup you guys played uh long liu long island university hop mm -hmm. you know hofstra university versus liu two two long island schools and here you got two goalies from California, uh, Will Mark, the, the the other goalie for LIU, also also out of the, out of the Bay Area. That got that's got to be a pretty cool moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Will and I were on the same club team. I want to say in sixth grade, we were both on the same Alcatraz Outlaws team. So I mean, we haven't kept in like super close touch. Like where I I we obviously still say what's up when we see each other but yeah it is pretty cool i mean especially from like the bay area like only like 30 minutes away from each other the fact that we've both kind of ended up in this hotbed long island like game against each other it, yeah. it is it, it was a pretty cool experience yeah yeah that's awesome one of the things about your style um that i would love to hear you talk about and will does this too is the hands are a little bit like closer than what you would normally see goalies do. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, you know, I, I'd say there's a lot of like different styles, right? I mean, whatever, wherever you're comfortable. But when I, when I look at pictures, it looks like your hands are a little bit closer. Talk to me a little bit about, are you still doing that? And, and, and if so, why? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think my thought process with that is like, I try to be a lot, like top hand heavy with like my movements and I think when this bottom hand is like closer to the top one it interferes a little bit less if that makes any sense mm -hmm. I don't even know if it like technically does anything but mentally for me I think when they're a little closer together I'm just thinking more about punching with this one and this one just kind of sits there um because I don't want to be like yanking it and doing big like circles and everything Mm -hmm. instead just like kind of punch and at least that's kind of my thought process with that yeah yeah awesome 
anything else in your game uh you know you feel like you're really uh let's let's start with great like a really you know i'm really great at this element of my game um i mean i would say like in like inside shots and stuff um i mean like my teammates will even joke with me sometimes they're like you seem like you save the ball more from four yards than you do from 16 and uh that's it I you're mean, like hey just let let them let them come I, in man i'll take the four yarders you guys you guys prevent the 16s yeah. <laughs> and i just I, th- I don't know i think the the reasoning i uh, i like those ones so much is just because it's all about like energy and just like being explosive like yeah. sometimes when someone's winding up from super far away you have a lot of time to kind of sit there in your stance and like i don't know like potentially like freeze up or like you think more at least I think more so like it's just that inside stuff it's just kind of you go a little mentally like brain off and just kind of react um but yeah so I think that that's probably probably what I'm best at yeah those those closer inside ones yeah, I know exactly what you mean. The shots come quicker too, usually on the inside, right? Because they might just catch yeah. and sh- catch and shoot. Whereas, like maybe a step down, there's just that extra half and second. And they move a lot, yeah. Extra half yeah. second in your head where you're like thinking about it. So interesting, interesting. Yeah. Um, what does your goalie training regimen look like these days? Um, so I mean, we have like the first like 20 minutes or so of practice. It's like our warm ups. Um, so we'll go out, we'll usually do either like jump ropes or a ladder warm up just to like get your feet moving. Um, and then we'll go through our warm up with our coach. So like we'll do soft toss just with the hands, get the hands going. And then we'll do um, everything off a pass. We'll do turns to the middle from both sides and then we'll do step downs and skip diagonals on one side and then we flip them and then step down skip diagonals again um and then we'll do working on um skips up top so like two to four on the arc if you're counting one two three four five um and then inside stuff and then our coach the uh, coach who warms us up goes and works for the offense. And then we'll usually do, I mean, a a number of different tennis ball drills, Um, but a lot of like short stick on your knees, just hand stuff. Um, And like butt end, we do that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, a lot, a lot of tennis ball work just because we get, I don't know, fast reps and like, you don't necessarily need to shoot super hard. So if it's just us goalies working with each other, that's usually what we were doing. Yeah, I love it. Are you, yeah. Do you guys have a, like a dedicated goalie coach or does one of the assistants kind of fill that role? Uh, our offensive assistant uh, fulfills that role. He, yeah. um, he'll work with us in like the winter with like the indie periods and, um, and we'll warm us up before games and during practice. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I wanted to ask you a question about, you know, living – on the East coast, living on long Island, um, as, as a California kid, cause I've had a bunch of long Island guys on the, on the podcast. 
um, great, great guys, but just, it's a different vibe, right? It's, it's a little bit of a different vibe. Um, you know, have you kind of experienced that? Have you gotten any situations where like, Oh, that's, that's the kid from California. Um, I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about that. If you could. I mean, I mean a little bit, I mean, if I, I talk a little bit slower and (laughs) than some of my friends, um, and so like at first, definitely they would give me a hard time about that. Um, but no, I mean, overall, it's it's been pretty cool. Just, I don't know, seeing it, a, because a, it, it is like, I don't know, a different way of life. And like, even though there, there's passion for lacrosse, like where I came from, from high school, there's still just like a different approach, like a little bit of a different feel. And I'm sure California will get there. And I'm positive that it will, just because of how much, people like the sport now out there but there is just this vibe around lacrosse like here and I'm sure it's the same in like Maryland and places like that mm-hmm. where it's like the only thing and it's like lacrosse like above everything and that that was kind of a cool thing to start feeling a little bit um but no I mean I I didn't get too many moments where this guy's from California I mean if I would struggle in a practice, like my friends would give me some like trash talk about how it's not the California kid shooting anymore and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> but no, not, nothing, nothing too notable. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I've had a bunch of long Island goalies on and yeah, I mean, they're just so passionate about it, which is awesome. And I also have realized that when I talk with them, I got to book like an extra 45 minutes because they, they're talkers. They're talkers, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the lacrosse is a little bit different, right? Like, I don't know. Like, it seems to me like a lot of Long Island kids play football and lacrosse, right? And so, like, you do have this much more like football mentality as opposed to like, you and me sort of grew up playing soccer, which is, you know, it's a great sport, but it's just a little bit it's a different sport. Um, have you noticed that as well? Like, it's just kind of like a, like a different style of lacrosse. Yeah, I I would say so. Um, and I mean, I think, I think the main thing that I noticed, and I mean, this kind of goes back to high school too, when we would play, um, some of the teams out here, we would have a much more like free flowing, like just kind of let our, different athletic middies just be athletes we'd run some base set but then just kind of let them go um and just everything out here is a little more like to a t i would mm-hmm. say like every play is like super drawn out a bunch of different looks and it's like i would say i guess like robotic but in like a good way like it's just like it's like a machine um a little bit more than just this kind of free-flowing thing yeah. um but yeah, no, I mean, I would, there definitely is a difference in, in styles. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, how about a time in your career where you went through a slump? Ha- has that happened? And if so, you know, how did you go about uh, getting out of that? Yeah. Um, so my junior high school, we had a, like a really, a really good team, like probably the best team. Um that I was on in my four years in high school, um, just a bunch of different, like, and we were like preseason ranked on inside all this stuff. So we were pretty fired up. 
and um it was like I want to say like the second game of the season through like the fifth game of the season um the first like part of that was just kind of easy games that like we knew we were gonna win but I still just wasn't really playing super well like we were winning so obviously we're happy um but then we went down and played uh Torrey Pines and we lost and we didn't expect to lose no one really expected us to lose and I had that feeling of just like not being able to save a single thing Mm -hmm. um and that feeling had kind of just grown over like a bunch of different weeks and the next weekend we were playing Gonzaga um from DC um so like I was like if I play like that against them we're gonna lose by a million goals so I call Andrew uh Gavazdin and I like was pretty upset and I was pretty blatant in the way that I asked them but I was like I essentially asked him I was like Andrew why do I suck like right now like why do I suck and he's like and he's like are you like thinking way too much and I was like well what do you mean and he's like before like people shoot are you like already thinking about how bad it would be if they scored and I and I kind of thought to myself and I was doing that like if someone was pulling up from like a low angle I'm like I'm thinking like oh if they score this is gonna be like terrible I, I shouldn't let this goal in mm-hmm. but then they'd score and I would like crumble a little bit get upset um so what Andrew told me to do is just go like after practice get people to shoot on me even if I need to get them to like take a little bit off and he's like just save like a bunch of shots like in like a different types of shots just don't let them go on the goal and like even if you need to tell them to just pass it to you just like go through the motion of making a bunch of saves and the next game try and play like you don't even have a stick and like at practice like play like you don't even have a stick um and that helped me a lot because for me when i get away from just trying like just playing and start thinking so much about like where my feet are placed or like if my hands are higher or whatever like if i know in my head that if i'm thinking and worrying about that stuff then i'm not in the right zone so I guess to get out of that slump, I just kind of had to reset myself a little bit and go make a couple saves, even if they're in shooting drills with people shooting half speed and just like find that groove again. Yeah. And I mean, now I can do that. Like if I have a bad game, I'll do it the next day. But like, I, I didn't think to almost like ask people to just like, let me make saves after practice um but that's actually been something that i've done that helps a lot i love that yeah like build it building building it back up you know so much of what we do is muscle memory and so just kind of you know getting that muscle memory back 
not to say you lost it, but sometimes you're right. You do. I know exactly what you're talking about with that feeling in your head of like, you know, they're coming down the alley, they end up shooting. It's a real tight angle shot. And you're thinking like, man, if I let this in, this is going to be horrible. And then you let yeah. it in and you feel, I know exactly. Uh, I've had that happen quite a bit, but yeah, I love, I love that tip of um, reps, you know, reps, real purposeful reps and just build it back up till you're out of your own head. Uh, and you've built that confidence up. So yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Um, so you are, what, what year are you in, in at Hofstra right now? Uh, I'm a red shirt junior. So I'm like, I'm a senior, but I'm coming back for my grad year next year. So you're coming back um, for one, for one more year next one year. One more next year. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, well, it's awesome to watch you guys play. You got, got a big game, uh, come well let's see by the time this comes out that'll be kind of uh it's march 10th today you guys got manhattan and then Rutgers. two two big games coming yeah. up what, what can you what can you tell me about those um i mean we're excited we're this year this team um i mean we lost guys like who are very hard to replace so i mean with this year's team it's just gonna be like a game by game thing like just focusing on getting better by the time conference play comes around um so i don't know we're just we're excited for every opportunity and like me personally um i don't know being a and i'm sure a bunch of people can relate to this being a backup for so many years like now that i'm getting the chance to to play again um I'm just excited for every opportunity to kind of go out and like show everybody like that I should be like where I am. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Um, yeah. When you were a backup, um, you know, how did you go about making sure that when you got this moment, like you're, you're gonna, you're gonna take advantage. Like, you know, how, how did you go about, it's tough. It's tough for goalies to be a backup and not and not get the starts. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone likes playing, and and you know when you're getting passed up for those, there's only one goalie. And when you're getting passed up for that starting look, it can be tough on on a lot of goalies. And I'm curious how you know how you handled that situation. Um, I mean, it was it was really hard. I mean, especially at the beginning of um this season, because it's not to say that like practice is an important practice is obviously important and doing a good job in practice is hugely important, but there is just a different like swagger and feel that you need like on game day when you're playing in those games. And, and I've had various conversations with people and like that feeling can start to fade a little bit that like game time gamer feeling. Mm. And so I would say like, coming from being a backup to being in a position of playing like just like remember that just because you weren't playing doesn't mean that you couldn't have been that's like that's what I um that's what Andrew actually told me this year to like kind of get me in the zone like confidence wise um it's just important to remember I mean there was a uh, incredible senior leader and team leader in Bobby Casey, who was the goalie over me. Um, and 
like he did a tremendous job and it wasn't my time to go. And what Andrew reminded me of is that just because you weren't playing doesn't mean you weren't capable to. Mm -hmm. So I think the biggest thing about being a backup is you obviously are going to doubt yourself because you're not playing. So you're like, what am I doing wrong that I'm not playing? Um, and I think people need to recognize more that it's not, it's not always what you're doing. It could be how the team's set up, like number of different things. Um, seniority. Yeah. Seniority, all this stuff. So it, it, it's just really important. I would give this tip to like any backup is just don't like beat yourself up. Cause I, I, I don't know. I think that's such a thing that happens so commonly is like people beat themselves up way too much. And then when it's their time to play, they're like, it's unfortunate, but they're like, so like not ready for it. Cause they just are, we're so bummed about being a backup for so long mm -hmm. that they don't get to play the way that they're used to playing. Yeah. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up. I think yeah. a lot of, I think that's good advice for even starters. I mean, I think there's a lot oh, of, goal, there's a lot of goalies out there that are just way too hard on themselves. Um, it's a hard position. It's hard to make saves. You, you, you make 50%, 55%. You're, I mean, you're doing really well, but you know, I, I think it's weird. Cause like you want to have this mindset that, yeah, I could save them all, but then yeah. real, then realize that like, if you don't, it's okay. I don't know. It's just this weird juxtaposition. I totally, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I have been trying to like teach myself a little bit. I've always been bad about it. Like we'll lose a game and I immediately, my first instinct and I'm getting better at it. My first instinct would always be that was my fault. Yeah. Because like once you're a goalie, especially like in college or like later in high school, you have made every save that there is to be made. Like everyone's had, by the time they're in college, everyone's had a sweet doorstep save or a save from 15 or like a down the, like you've made every possible movement and save ever. So I think you get lost in this idea where it's like, well, I can do that. So like, why didn't I do that? Like I played horribly. Right. And I think that that's something you're right. I think that, that that'll come back to, to be a bad thing. Yeah, I think so too. And it's yeah. Uh so interesting. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's gonna be a save that you'll make this year that would be like, oh, I've never made that save before. There's so many, there's just so many yeah. options, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. But I but I know I know what you're saying. It's like, yeah, like once you get to a certain age, like you've seen all the most all the most common shots and yeah. Um, and, and stick angles and, you know, whether the guy's guarded or not. And just, you, you just, you just like your Rolodex of shots that you've seen has grown tremendously. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Are you big pregame ritual guy. What is a, what is a, what does a pregame look like for you? Um, so we always get there like hour early, hour before the game um or not hour two hours before the game we get to the locker room um and then i go in the training room get some 
stuff done like for my back um and do my stretches i've stretched the same way before every game the same way i did in high school um i listen to the same first song whether it's in the locker room or in the morning i listen to the same song mostly the same music um big eye black guy and um but no i mean i guess i would say i'm pretty superstitious i drink a monster before every game um but yeah no i mean i definitely have and i think they're important because i think those are just the little and i mean obviously some people don't need pregame rituals but i think they are important just because it's it's like the thing that's telling you a little bit like obviously you know you have a game but like for me like if like I hear a certain song or when I do a certain thing it like almost like feels like it's getting me ready for like it's like it's game time and like yeah. that's when like I know once I do all those rituals uh what what song is that I'll have to throw that on my playlist uh you might like it's uh ready or not by Bridget Mendler kind of a girly girly song but right. fair enough yeah I like to keep, I don't do a lot of the heavy metal or heavy rap. I like to keep it pretty light before the, before the games. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, how about your stick setup in the, in the pictures I've seen, it looks like you got the, uh, <clears throat> the eclipse two with 12 diamond. Is that, is that kind of what you're going with still? Uh, yeah, I do the eclipse two with 12 diamond. I used to use like the wax mesh, like the East coast dyes. Um, but I found that it like would rebound like a lot. I mean, and mm -hmm. after like using it for like two, three weeks, it would like completely like harden out and I could still throw fine, but it just like, so I use the, I use soft mesh now, 12 diamond eclipse too. And then, um, I actually don't know the name of my shaft but it, it's it's one of the nike like attackman shafts um the attack yeah. the attack length yeah yeah I that's what i, I played with the, too that's what i played with don't too. use what? the goalie ones yeah yeah me i i i mean i have a bunch of goalie ones now that i'm older but when i played in college i like competitively i i used the the attack shaft because it felt so quick i think felt so yeah, light I, right is that why you use it 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 yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, and I mean, I always give that, I mean, it's also, it's personal feel, whatever, if other goalies like using the long ones, but um, I just feel like it's a, like you were saying, just a ton lighter, right. less stuff to drag around. I don't know. Um, but yeah, my tag yeah. shaft. We do miss out on like one or two shaft saves per season. That's, that's it. That's true. <laughs> But you know what? Hey, if we make more, if we make, if we can make up for that by being quicker, right? Exactly. All right. Cool. Love it. Um, what about uh, the mental game? You know, this kind of a, it's kind of a huge part of being a, a great lacrosse goalie is being real strong mentally. When I, when I say, you know, mental toughness, what, uh, what comes to mind for you? Um, we talk about this a lot um, on our team here. Uh, and I think it's super important. We always talk about goldfish because like it's the famous thing a goldfish has like a memory of like, I don't know, like five seconds or whatever it is. Um, and I think that that is like the complete 
definition of it, like whether a good or bad thing happens, it should be in and out. Um, like, cause I just feel like for me, and it goes back to what I was saying about the yelling before games, like getting super aggressive and intense. Like, I think if I'm making a bunch of saves and let myself go like, oh man, like I'm the man and start like maybe talking trash a little bit, like that brings me out of that kind of chilled out state. So by not forgetting that stuff, I'm then out of my comfort zone. And then if I like the flip side, if I get way too intense about letting goals in, then that's going to mess with me too. So I think the mental toughness thing is just good and bad, like completely like to the best of your ability, like letting it go. And I mean, for me, what always helps and like, like obviously sometimes still get like angry on the field and whatnot. It, it, there's not like going to be a full fix of that. Just and for any competitor, you're obviously going to get upset. Um, but I think the most important thing for me is just trying to keep it as light as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for me, that's what mentally tough looks like is unfazed in either direction. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's almost cliche on, on this podcast um, about uh, having, yeah. having that short-term memory. Cause it's so, it's so important uh, for us lacrosse uh -huh. goalies much easier said than done. Because like you said, oh, if, we're, yeah. if you're competitors and you give up a, a goal on a, on a 15 yard outside shot. Right. And you're like, God, dang, I should have had that one. And like, you know, it's much easier said than done, but if you can train your mind to, you know, just analyze what, what I need to do in those two seconds and then just drop it and move on to the next play, you're going to be a better goalie. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Mac. Well, thank you so much. Oh, how did you get the nickname Mac? Cause your real name is Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah. So my full name is Jarvis. My dad, my dad, so to tell the full story, my dad had to, told my mom we all had to be named family names, um, like past relatives and everything. And so the name that he gave for me is Jarvis McCondry Gates. And my mom was like, there's no way I'm like not going to call him Jarvis. So like if you name him, if we need to name him McCondry, then I'm going to have to call him Mac. So it was my mom initially. And then I, no one ever really called me Jarvis until um, high school on the roster. They were saying Jarvis all the time. So I kind of get both a little bit. Um, but yeah, Max short for my middle name. Oh, awesome. Love it. Yeah. Um, we called my grandma Mac. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Brings back some good memories. Anyway, uh, Mac, thank you so much for coming on, uh, taking time. Are you at the stadium right now? Uh, yeah, I'm in this little room outside of our locker room. Yeah, I see. Um, see looks like a field right field there. back there. That's awesome. Yeah, joining us live from the stadium. Um, good luck. <laughs> good luck in the upcoming year. Uh, I'll be watching. Um, if you had to leave the kids out there with one uh, last piece of advice, what would that be? Um, I mean, again, like this sounds super cliche, but just try to have as much fun as possible. I mean, if you're not having a good time like or like enjoying what you're doing like and it like enjoying being a goalie then you're never going to get like any better and you're not going to perform like as 
well as you could be. And I think any goalie playing at a high level would agree with me. Like when you're playing your best is when you're having the most fun. Um, and so like, although it's cliche, that would be my last thing. Just have as much fun as possible. All right. Well, I had fun over this last hour. Thank you so much, Mac. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt Gates. Awesome to hear his story. Awesome to hear what Andrew told him when he was going through a slump. I think a lot of goalies would benefit from listening to that advice. So hopefully you took that to heart. This Thursday, if you missed it, I am putting on a live coaching session. I hope to see you there this Thursday night. It's a technique that Coach John Galloway said changed his game completely. I learned it from him. It's called the hop. And if you want better balance, if you want to see the ball better, if you want to make uh, more saves, shots on the run in particular, come to this session Thursday night. Uh, you can sign up at site.laxgoalyrat.com slash hop. Uh, or there's going to be a link down below in, in this show uh, to sign up. Even if you can't attend live, there's going to be a replay. So definitely sign up. Again, it's a free live coaching session on a new technique that a lot of lacrosse goalies, especially at the collegiate level, are using to make more saves. But the best part is youth can benefit from this as well. So everyone should attend. Hope to see you there. That'll do it for the episode this week. As always, get out there, get some work in, do well. And be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.